Want to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. We're getting started early this week because there's a top of the table clash and one that has title implications written all over it. From the Emirates, it's Arsenal, top of the table, taking on second place Manchester City with a victory in this game. The visitors in City can then go atop the Premier League table. Uh, Jake, how excited are you for this game? And are you buying the hype in terms of what this game means in terms of title implications? Um. Yes and no. Well, I'm looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, the only problem is we've obviously got Champions League football um, as well at the same time. And <laughs> over here, we've got some really intriguing EFL action. Um, Sheffield United v Borough, which is quite a big game. So I'm, I'm going to need three screens on Wednesday, is what I'm saying, to watch all the football. Um, but yeah, this is this is the big one. I mean, they met, was it a couple of weeks ago now in the FA Cup? Man City ran out 1-0 winners. Um yeah, I've, I, I, we've run the numbers at Infocal, and I, I'm firmly of the opinion that, that this is almost must not lose for both rather than a must win. Because if Arsenal lose the game, then all of a sudden it's, oh, Arsenal are falling apart. The momentum's with City, they're top of the table, and you can see them running away with it. And if if City lose, then does the gap between become a little bit too big? Six points with the game in hand. Um, so I, I, I can see it being a very cagey, a very tight game similar to the FA Cup match with very little going on um almost yeah it, it, it almost feels like they shake hands on a draw and just you know Arsenal maintain the lead with a game in hand that you can take it back to the Etihad if you like um and try and settle in it a bit further down the line um but yeah it, it's going to be an interesting watch I don't think it's going to be massively entertained on the goal front I love how you just compared Sheffield United Borough to Arsenal City, as well as Club Bruges and Benfica, which will also be being played simultaneously. Yeah, you, you went there. <laughs> I, I mean, the, and Pep Guardiola spoke about it on Tuesday ahead of the, the match. There's a lot of games to go for these sides. Arsenal played 21. Manchester City played 22 in the Premier League. So there's so many games. These two sides also play one more time after this in the Premier League as well. That game will be played at the Etihad, but with Champions League competition as well. Uh, Arsenal's in the Europa League. City's also in the FA Cup. There's still plenty of twists and turns to come. This one certainly will have an impact. I think the biggest impact w- w- will come through an Arsenal victory. The fact that they have a game at hand, if you can create a six-point gap. That carrot is being dangled for Arsenal in this game. A six-point gap with a game in hand. That's a pretty big league, and you have to feel comfortable considering some of the deficiencies that we've seen in the Manchester City side over the course of recent weeks. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, but Arsenal have got their own problems, haven't they? And you know, we've seen them drop points and slip up, and it almost feels as though this could be the game that that really does knock them for six if they were to lose. Um, you could almost—I think we were chatting about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe off air about the fact that. You know, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Arsenal kind of fall away from the title race and be clinging on in terms of top four because of just, you know, A, how young and inexperienced the, the general group is, um, but also just how fragile they seem to be in terms of, you know, everything was going great. They won like 19 of 20 or whatever. 
Um, and they've had a couple of bad results and bad performances. And it's the second that's most important to me. It's the bad performances. Like the results are out, you like you can you can deal with the bad result, but the manner of the performances against Everton and Brentford have been really poor. And, and the, the number of uh, big chances that they've conceded in both those matches is, is a little bit alarming for me. But you know, you'd expect them to really step up here and um given the the fact that this is a big occasion so far this season they have risen to the big occasions particularly at the emirates they've, they've, won, they've won all three matches against fellow big six sides when playing host um is it spurs liverpool and man united the underlying numbers in those three matches have been phenomenal um they've averaged i think so 2.6 expected goals for per game uh, and 0.9 expected goals against per game across those three. So really, when you know when they have played the better teams, they have performed uh, at an exceptional level. Um, yeah, the interesting thing you were saying there about you know whether it, you know if Arsenal win, it probably would you know do more for the title race in terms of than City winning. Um, well, based on the simulations, if Arsenal actually win this game, their chances of winning the title are 63 percent. If City win the game, their chance of winning the title is 70%. So that even with Arsenal having a game in hand and them wow. level on points, that just kind of shows you that the Infocom model still rates Manchester City um, you know, a decent amount more than what Arsenal, uh, what we rate Arsenal. And I guess it's the same with the, the market. You know, Pinnacle at the moment have got Manchester City favourites to win this game at the Emirates, which kind of says that a neutral venue, you're probably looking about 11 to 10, uh, plus, plus 110 or even money for Manchester City to win. Um, if these two were to meet on a neutral pitch. So, um, yeah, the market and the model both have quite high confidence in City, you know, well, repeating, I guess, and winning an, another Premier League title. Well, we're about to find out whether Jake agrees with the model in terms of what it suggests for this upcoming game. So let's tee it up and dig into some of the markets. It is first place Arsenal on 51 points. They have a plus 28 goal differential ticket on second place Manchester City on 48 points and a plus 34 goal differential. Importantly, Arsenal have played one fewer game on the season than Manchester City in the build-up to this one. So for Arsenal, no wins in a couple games in a row after a 1-1 draw with Brentford on the weekend, a controversial goal in the setup of an Ivan Tony second half equalizer, VAR forgetting to draw the lines. It was ridiculous. But in fairness, Brentford squandered very good goal scoring chances in the game and actually won the XG battle. It was 1.37 to 1.86 in the game. So it's back-to-back games that that Arsenal actually went on to lose the XG battle. And the other one was, of course, coming up the 1-0 loss at Everton the game before 1.91 to just 0.76 in that game. And Arsenal lost to Manchester City in the FA Cup before that. It was a 1-0 finish at the Etihad. There were a few changes for both teams in that game, including backup goalkeepers for both. Not a lot of chances either way, but Arsenal were very competitive. Uh, despite the Nathan Ake second half goal, which settled that one. The game was played also on January 27th. So this will be their second game play between one another in just three weeks. Uh, There's been no clean sheet for Arsenal in their last four games, but they've gone under the total of two and a half in four of five. Uh, Jake alluded to it earlier. Arsenal have been very good at home, eight, two and oh on the season, 26 goals for 11 against 
Interestingly, interestingly low, though, six teams have conceded fewer goals at home than Arsenal, but the Gunners have the best expected goals against, uh, against of just nine expected goals against in 10 games played and the third best expected goal differential behind City and Newcastle, according to InfoGoal. No new injuries have been public in the side. Jesus, Elneny, Smith, Rowe, Nelson all remain out, but notably... Mikel Arteta continues to lean heavily on his core group of players, and they only made two changes, two substitutes on the weekend with Trossard and Vieira coming into the game against Brentford. Interestingly, Vieira came in ahead of Jorginho. Uh, for Manchester City, they bounced back after that 1-0 loss to Spurs with a 3-1 home win over Aston Villa. It was 3-0 at halftime and a really a walk in the park. Despite some confusion or disagreement over Erling Holland not taking the penalty, Mares, who's a little bit inconsistent on penalties, came up, stepped up and took it, made it 3-0, and the game was done and dusted from there. It was 3.43, just 0.25 in expected goals on the game, which speaks to the dominance. Erling Holland did come off at the half, and Pep Guardiola explained afterwards by saying that he received a kick and we'll have to see about him, that they're going to assess him over the next few days to see how severe it was, and that he spoke to the doctors at the time, and he said at 3-0, it maybe wasn't worth the risk. He was pictured in recovery training the day after. Ruben Diaz, similar story, came off at halftime as well. He's recently returned from injury. He was pictured in recovery training as well. So based on that, we expect both to be available to some extent for this game. City has been outstanding at home, winning six times, uh, six out of their last seven games at home. The other was a draw since the break. Their away form, however, has been very choppy and oftentimes poor. They've lost their last three away games in all competitions. And they've lost both of their last two away games uh, in the Premier League against Manchester United and Spurs, losing the XG battle in each of those games as well. They are 5-2-3 and three away from home, only 15 goals scored, 9 conceded, although they still have the best expected goals against and expected goal differential according to InfoGoal. Six teams have scored more away goals than City's 15, which is incredible to think that this City side is, is seventh best in terms of goals scored and away games in the Premier League. Formation-wise, City started playing with a back three on the weekend with Rodri and Bernardo Silva dropping deep, playing just in front. With John Stones out, it remains to be seen whether this will be a regular look. Um, you know, with the lack of a natural left back after selling a Cancelo to Bayern Munich, or whether Pep will deem this situation to be fluid, I tend to lean to the latter. Head-to-head, including the 1-0 victory, City over Arsenal from three weeks ago, City have won the last six meetings between the clubs, with the Masters seemingly dominant over the protege thus far. Arsenal haven't picked up a clean sheet in their last six against Manchester City, and City have been first to score in five of six. The market's on Pinnacle.com. Arsenal to win plus 202. The draw at plus 251. A City victory at plus 147. The total set at two and a half. Minus 111 for the over. Plus 101 for the under. There's your thorough breakdown, Jake. Dig in. What do you like? What do you see? What stands out to you? Um, I, I've got a few plays. Uh, the first one that stands mm. out to me is just the price on the uh, under two and a half goals, which is at plus 101. I kind of expected this to be the favourite instead of the over. Um, I can understand why people want to back the over because it's kind of a it's a bet you can get behind. You, you don't watch it, you get the excitement of the goals, but 
sometimes taking the under is just a play. Um, you've got two teams that are, like, like we said, there's so much on the line that it, it really does feel like it'll be a nervous occasion. I don't think we'll see the best of both teams in terms of what they've got going forward. I don't think it'll be as fluid. I think it'll be quite a, uh, like a bitty game, quite a lot of niggly fouls, that kind of contest, exactly like the FA Cup match. Um, and, you know, that FA Cup game, the XG in that was actually 0.5 to 0.35. So there was literally no chances whatsoever um, for, for either team. It, it, the contest, it seems, it's these two really strong defensive sides. So Arsenal, the second ranked home, uh, or second best home defence in the league based on expected goals. And as you mentioned, City are the best travelling defence according to expected goals as well. So that's a really good starting point for this bet of the unders. Um, and, you know, you look at City away from home against the big six. They've lost three of four, but four, three of them, all three of the defeats have gone under one and a half goals, never mind under two and a half. They've all been very cagey, very low scoring games in where I think we could we could probably confidently say City have tried to dominate proceedings and play in a kind of controlled manner and have been hit on the counter-attack, uh, you know, particularly uh, at Spurs last time out. Um, and yeah, across those four matches... City have only scored twice, um, which is, to me, rings alarm bells. Um, and it's not the, just that they've been unlucky. They've not been creating anywhere near as many chances as what we'd expect. So those four matches against the fellow big six, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, United and Spurs, they've averaged just 1.16 expected goals for per game. And for context, the six away matches against what we'd call the rest in the league, they've averaged 2.35. So they're almost, well, half um, you know, as potent as what they usually are on a regular away trip. Um, you know, I'm going layer on layer here. So you've had the the defensive strengths, the city struggles in terms of creating chances, and then you've got the fact that it feels like a must not lose game. Um, and all of that for me, I think it's going to be quite tight and cagey. And I won't be surprised to see it a nil nil. I won't be surprised to see a one nil either way. But I'd be hugely surprised if it was a three two tear up or something that we saw from Arsenal and Manchester United a couple of weeks ago. I just can't see that being the case because these two managers are from the same coaching tree. They have the same ideals. They want to you know, control the games in certain ways, whether it be with possession or shape. Um, I don't think they'll let each other... Well, I'll put it this way. I don't think either team would want it to become a ding-dong, end-to-end kind of tussle because then you know, all, no control means pure chaos and any result could happen. Uh all of that makes a whole lot of sense. I have a lean to the under as well. I'm not going to pull the trigger on that. Do you have any other plays, anything else that stands out to you? Yeah, I just thought the price, like like, like, like was said, touched on before, the, the, these prices suggest that at a neutral venue, Manchester City would be around the plus 110 mark. I don't think that's fair to Arsenal. I think they're better than that. I think that City at a neutral venue should be close to maybe plus 130. So that would make this at Arsenal a bit close to a pick'em. I think that's fair. I think that what Arsenal have shown so far this season, particularly at home, I know they had a little bit of a blip against Brentford, but generally they've been flawless. Um, and and I do think that this price, obviously, I'm, I'm not given that I've said it's going to be low scoring. I'm not going to go straight for the Arsenal win. I'm going to take Arsenal on the handicap because low scoring, the draw comes into play even more. Um, so Arsenal plus naught. Plus one one seven is too big for me, um, so I'm I'm taking that as a second play. I, I like it. Um, as I've said, that you know Arsenal they've, they've not looked great recently, but you you mentioned it last week. Like 
were both of them looking ahead to this game? Like, was there a lapse of concentration from an Arsenal perspective in that Brentford match, looking t- towards this match and, and just how big it was, perhaps? Um, but yeah, at, at home, only Manchester City have been better on XG, um, expected goal difference, that is, per game, than Arsenal this season. Those two and Newcastle are in a different stratosphere to the rest of the league in that metric. Uh, and as I said, they've won all three home matches against the big six and, and they've had no problems creating chances. They've looked solid as well. So the big occasions have kind of brought the best out of them. And then we factor in City's away record against the big six, which I touched on earlier. Um, and the fact that the two recent away matches against Spurs and Manchester United, they were really bad. Like not even just, you know, poor. They were really bad. Like at United, they created nothing apart from the Grealish header. At Spurs, it looked like they could have carried on playing for another two, three hours before they created a decent chance. Um, and I just wonder if that that's going to kind of be a bit of a theme because we've seen three out of four matches now where they, where they perform like that. In fact, we've seen three and a half because the first half against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, they were really poor as well. Um, so yeah, I, I was quite happy to have a small play on Arsenal draw no bet. Um, like I said, I, I've got it down as a draw in my, in my head, um, but I just thought that rather than backing straight draw at plus 251, just take the the Arsenal draw no better plus one one seven, and if it does end in a draw, we get our money back. Um, but that I would be leaning at the prices towards an Arsenal win. Brilliant. So two plays for you. Do you have a third play? Is that do you want to keep on going? <laughs> I can do. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's a long shot play, and uh, at the time of recording, Pinnacle don't have the price up just yet. Um, they've not priced the player props, but it is. Uh, it's focused on a a long shot goal scorer, um, which. You know, we said, I think I said it last week before the Brentford game that, that Everton caused so many problems from set pieces for Arsenal yeah. that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Brentford, who are of a similar mould to, to Everton, caused a similar amount of problems. And they did. They caught, they created, is it 1.2 XG from set pieces, which is really, really high. I don't think it's a massive weakness of Arsenal. I just think that they've, there's, there's you know, a couple of smart set piece teams there that have really kind of nailed down areas to put the ball in. Um, players to potentially target um, and watching Man City against Villa and the way in which they'd almost drawn up what you would call American football style plays from set pieces to get Rodri free. I think he was free twice. He had two free headers. He scored with one of them. Um, I, I could see, it seems as though that's something that they're working on, whether it's specifically for this game, whether they've seen something as well, or whether that's just generally what we're going to see moving forward from City as a tra- as a kind of avenue to improve their overall game and add an extra string to the bow. I'm not too sure, but, um, you know, Rodri, as I said, was the beneficiary from the corner uh, against Aston Villa, but they, they had five shots in total from set pieces. Um, and I, I, I you know, it, given what we expect to be quite a low scoring game, set pieces can be really important. You know, was it a, it's a long time ago now, but the one that springs to mind is, is when City won the title for the very first time. Um, they beat United at the Etihad. It was company who scored a header from a corner. Like that, th- those are the kind of goals that decide these kind of games that are going to be tight and niggly and not very open. Um, so yeah, I-, I was looking at Ruben Diaz. Um, obviously, there's question marks whether he'll start. I think he will. I think he was yeah, taken off too. as a precaution for a knock, but he was also on a yellow card as well. So um, you know, you don't want to take that risk playing against a Villa team that are pretty quick in behind. He's an absolute monster in the air. He actually ranks seventh best among Premier League centre-backs in terms of expected goals per 95 this season. Um, uh, and last season, he obviously scored, he scored twice. Um, his average was at 0.12. Uh, 
And, and over here, I'm not sure what we'll get on Pinnacle when the lines go up, but over here, we're getting around the, the 30 to 1 mark, which is a huge price um, of him to score. Um, like I say, it's a massive long shot. Uh, I had a similar kind of play on the Sporting Life site for the, the, the Merseyside derby with James Tark- Tarkovsky, obviously at the post. So we, we came close. Um, and then the week before that, I had uh, Joe Willock in the Newcastle West Ham game. Uh, I think that was close to 8 to 1. He scored after the first minute and he got ruled out. So, you know, I've knocked on the door with these kind of longer shot plays. And I just think there's an angle for the to attack Arsenal with set pieces. Um, so it's pick your poison, really. Like I've gone with Diaz. Um, you, you could make a case for Rodri again. You've also got the potential of Rodri scoring from outside the box. Uh, he has quite a lot of shots from out there. Um, and whoever is is Diaz's um, centre-half partner, Laporte maybe, who yeah. will be available at a pretty big price. So, yeah, I, until I see Arsenal become a little bit sturdier defending those set pieces um i'm i'm gonna keep banging this drum because i think it, it will prove successful um and yeah the, the way in which city drew up those kind of like i said american football style plays against aston villa they'll have something up their sleeve at least one or two i think there was there was obviously the there was all the blocking for the rodri goal then they did something where they sucked villa into the six yard box and de bruyne pinged it to the edge of the box if you remember and Grealish had the volley on the like the skulls Beckham S kind of uh, attempt that that was was blocked. So th- those kind of things, it seems like they're up in the game in that regard. Um, and I think they'll have something up the sleeve for this match. Brilliant. Uh, so a potential three pack of plays. We'll see what the markets show on Pinnacle. Um, I'm somewhat aligned with you, but not entirely all in, especially when it comes to who I think will win this game. Who am I to disagree with the info goal model? I mean, I, I've been on the Arsenal fade for a long time, and I think it's finally come. I think they look a little bit leggy. Um, there's no rotation in the sides. I think that Enkedia has been found out a little bit. He was scoring at some weaker teams, some weaker defenses now. You know, in ter- he requires volume. I don't think you're going to get volume in terms of scoring in this game. I think that what we've realized is this Arsenal team goes as Saka goes. He's such a good player down that right-hand side. Um, and, and he's really the driving force b- behind this team. He set up the Arsenal goal uh, on, on the weekend as well. I think Pep knows that. I, I could could see a Nathan Aki coming in, a player that will stay back a little bit more. There's, there's no you know left fullback flying forward. There's going to be a massive focus on limiting you know time and space for Saka down that left hand side, and I think that that can prove effective for Manchester City. The fact they've experienced in these tight games that potential have title implications written all over it. Their games against Liverpool. Just look at recent years, and a lot of these players have been involved in those games as well. The fact that they beat Arsenal the last six times that they played, the, the fact that they are so good defensively at home. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to make two plays. One's a little bit of a longer shot. A, a Manchester City win to nil at plus 366. I Because I agree with you. I think it'll be a lower scoring game. And if City go on to win it, it might just be a one nil. That's how close I think it'll be played out at plus 366. I think it's worth a play because I'm just not sure Arsenal's way through, especially since they've lost the XG battle in the last two games and really haven't created a ton against Everton and Brentford, respectively. I actually like the play with Manchester City with the handicap more. You're giving me City at a plus number uh, on the handicap. I mean, when does this happen, Jake? Like, it it, it doesn't happen very often. So I'm going to take this gift from the gambling gods and I'm going to take it at plus 
or sorry, minus 0.25 um, on the spread at plus 112. So this means if the game does end up in a draw, uh, you get half your money back. It's it's a half loss. Uh, that little bit of insurance works for me. You could have City on the outright win at plus 147. I think they cover that off with the City win to nil with a little bit more juice there. So those are my two plays for this game. I think City are the better team. I think that they have more diversity in terms of the way that they play. I think Pep will be prepared for anything that Arteta might throw his way. They know one another. A city in this context, you know, the markets do say that their favorites to still go on and win the Premier League. That means that they're under the assumption that they're going to win this game. And there's more juice betting on this game than there are in the future markets anyway. So I'm going to follow that suggestion. I'm going to follow that lead. And I'm going to back City to go on and win this game. Yeah, it's, it's a semi head-to-head then. I've got Arsenal semi, draw semi. no bet. You've got City on the handicap. So, yeah, I don't think we can make an official head-to-head, but um, no. I do think I do think we we can both agree it's it's a really close one to call in terms of yeah, like that, uh, there was a lot of umming and ah and like you say, you look at that City price and you think, well, that's big for Man City. Then you look at the Arsenal price and go, well, that's big for Arsenal at home yeah. when they they played. Um, so yeah, no, I absolutely can see the case for both. Um, we just, just we just have yeah. we just have a couple of minutes because I, I wanted to bring up the fact that I would rather play this game individually than test the futures market here. If you look at the future market on Pinnacle for outright winner, um, Manchester City's at even money right now. Arsenal at plus one hundred five. Very little separating them. It, it's edging to Manchester City, but if you're getting plus two hundred or plus one forty seven for an outright win here. Or playing against a handicap with similar juice for this game, it, it probably makes more sense to make that play. At least from where I'm standing, perhaps you and your model disagrees. Um, that's a tricky one. I, I think the only the only kind of disagreement I'd have is because we are they are playing each other again. Um, usually, you get to this stage of the season, these kind of matches. You know, like you said, if you're looking at head to head from a title perspective and a match perspective. You can kind of absolutely with you. You take the match perspective. You've got bigger prices, but because they play each other again, like even if City won here at a plus 147, um, they might still not go on to win the title because Arsenal might win at the Etihad. Um, whereas obviously we, you know, we, we've not had that in previous seasons at this stage. So that'd be the only, the only thing I would add. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think when it's, when it is so tight like this, this is probably going to be the kind of, only chance this season you're going to get like a Man City at this kind of price. Like they'll not be this kind of price again. Um, and the you know if they, if they win as people are expecting, the market's expecting, then the price on them to win the title is not going to stay in you know even money for long at all. It's going to be straight into the minus, probably really short quickly. So it is does seem like a kind of a almost you're hitting a bit of a right angle in terms of whoever whatever the outcome is you're going to miss like this is almost the last chance you're going to get to back one of these teams as a, a, a decent price i think for the outright so um yeah it, the interesting thing i was going to mention is that i've said about the, the simulations and what what you know the permutations were if arsenal or man city won if the game actually ends in a draw the infocore model calculates that both arsenal and man city have a 49 percent chance of winning the title so if it ends in a draw, then it literally is a knife edge. There is nothing between them whatsoever um, until obviously they meet in a couple of weeks' time at the Etihad. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting quirk that if it, if it ends in a draw, we're not favouring anybody at that moment in time. 
Um, and the other two percent is actually Manchester United. So that, that's what um, I was going to say. I, you know, I think the draw plays well for Manchester United in that game at plus fourteen oh two. Is it worth the punts? Because because United's already played both their games against both Arsenal and Manchester City. So um, no, it's not. Um, I've, <laughs> I, I've done a video on this actually. On I did it on Monday. It'll be, it should be out. I think it should be out on either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, basically just saying why Man United won't win the league um, and why they've got so much more improvement required. So the, the underlying numbers don't stack up too well on the whole for for United. Um, huge issues for me away from home. That's the problem for them. Um, you know, I'd, the underlying metrics, they've actually got a negative expected goal difference when travelling. And I looked at their away fixtures. They have to go to Liverpool, Brighton, Newcastle and Tottenham in the last um, 15 matches. So... Yeah, if they are to win the title, their away process is going to have to take a huge upturn because they've got some really big tests. Well, I'm looking at Newcastle fading, Liverpool, question marks, Spurs injured, Brighton, we'll see. There's some opportunity there. Is your favourite Forest as well? They've got to go to Forest. That's a tough place to go. Yeah, an easy 3-0 victory there as well. (laughs) All right, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, the odds are correct at time of recording, and please gamble responsibly. Follow along at Jake Oz on Twitter and myself at Gareth Wheeler. It's Arsenal and City. We can't wait. We'll be back later in this week, uh, later in the week, to reflect on this and preview each and every one of this weekend's fixtures. On behalf of Jake and everyone at Pinnacle and InfoGoal, I am Wheels. Enjoy the match, everyone. <laughs>